Hey everybody, this is Mel. And this is Jill. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. Hey Jill. Hey Mel. How's it going? <laughs> Better. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Yeah, Jill had a little technical difficulty on her gain on her microphone, but I think we got it all fixed. Yeah. It looked fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's my expert opinion right there. <laughs> Very expert. Live we were totally fuzzy. pros at this. Totally pros at this at this point. <laughs> um, so I don't know about you, but I, like, after the new year, I usually, like, start quote spring cleaning literally like on new year's day i go through and i clean out my closet i know i don't do laundry that's the bad luck okay Uh, like i like start like sifting through stuff for like donation or like you know going through my pantry and making sure there's no like expired food or stuff like you know that kind of stuff responsible adult things I know, so annoying. Um, but it brought a question to my mind because I feel like everybody should just have superpowers. Um, so what, like, chore-related, like, chore-specific superpower do you wish you had? Okay, that's a very easy answer. I would like Mary Poppin' Fingers, where you snap and everything just does it itself. All of it. <laughs> you just want to snap your fingers and have it be done. Uh huh. Because I don't. I don't like to clean. I fuck. Like okay. I don't know anyone who enjoys cleaning. If you do, I'm impressed. I'll take some of whatever you're eating because I don't have that gene. Um, I get to a point like I <laughs> I got diagnosed with ADHD last year, which is like made a whole lot of sense with my life in retrospect and this is one of those things because it's like I can't just start cleaning I'm gonna end up reorganizing it's a whole thing it's like a big deal so and then I also have blinders on too I don't see it for a lot for a while and then it's like oh shit I really need to pick this up this is kind of a mess so if I see it it's it's a mess. So, yeah, I I don't suffer from that. No, you I don't. Have been unpacking though, and I feel like I've kind of been unpacking slowly because I don't want to just like shove things in closets. I want it to be like organized and like have it make sense on how it's all put away. But see, I so hear you on that but the problem is generally when you're unpacking you're moving into a new house and you don't you have this idea of how it's going to function and then you actually start living in the house and sometimes that functionality doesn't work the way you think it's going to so you have to like adjust but on top of that going back and like making things how I actually want them is a very different task than unpacking because that would require a whole hell of a lot more money than we just spent on the house as well. Like paint and, you know, having somebody come in and organize it all for me so that I don't have to use the brain power to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I I would love to be able to pay somebody to come in and paint the entire house. One currently one room in my house is painted. <laughs> I that that would be that's one thing I've never done before is paid somebody to paint my house. I would love to, but I definitely we paint it. I want to I want to repaint this room actually. Didn't didn't love the color no, you picked. I don't love the color, but then it's also kind of turned more into Mark's office as well. So I kind of was just gonna let him do what he wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. But then we started talking about doing the bedroom, and I love the fact that he's kind of on board with my 
crazy ass ideas. And <laughs> so I pitched one that I for sure thought was going to get a hell no. And I got a yes. So I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to paint the bedroom black and blue, but like the, the ceiling and the doors and the trim, like the whole room. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm on board with this plan. Ceiling too. Uh, I, yeah, I'm on board with this plan. I'm very fortunate. John is very trusting. In our previous house, we did have that painted before we moved in, which was such a luxury. I'm not going to lie. And... It was fantastic, but like nobody trusted me initially on the colors I was picking. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? And I'm like, nah, it's going to work. It's going to work. I do design for a living. I know that this is going to work. I see it in my head. I literally like photoshopped it. That, no, that's what you need people. to do. And when you walked in, you're like, I get it now. Like it all flowed. It all made sense. It helped like separate, like it was a big, like open concept type house. So it like helped separate the spaces and yeah, it was great. really have like embraced this idea of just decorate your house. However, like with whatever makes you happy instead of doing like, oh, I want to make it aesthetically pleasing. I want to make it aesthetically pleasing for me. And this has been the best fucking trend for me. Personally, I love it. I also love that Mark, like you said, that John's like, yep, trust you, do it. Mark did the same thing. We have a black living room wall, and I love it. Fucking Mm -hmm. love that wall. He won't let me put neon up in the living room, but I'm like, he said I could do it in the bedroom, which I think would work with the dark walls. So I'm like, I'm 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 hoping I can get him there with the neon in the living room, but you you'll get him there. I can't wait. Now the mission. I think it depends on what the neon is. Yes, but but see, I'm open. Like I got, I, I am so open to a bunch of stuff. But the next the the next real big hurdle, design wise, in our house is going to be the couch. It's going to it's going to be finding a new couch. Couches are tough. We so we moved from a just under 2000 square foot house to a 3500 square foot house. So big upgrade on yeah. space. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um we added like a whole other house into our house. Um but we currently have a loft and it has crap in it right now because we're unpacking yeah um but when it is uh, no longer full of crap it will have two billy bookcases and a lazy boy nice and th- there is a tv to go in there it won't it won't be up <laughs> but there is a tv for yeah there. um so yeah definitely am on the hunt for a big beautiful my goal is to have it be the the comfiest couch on the planet to go in the loft space that is that is something that we are like starting to think about looking at like we're not in a big rush though and then i'm very spoiled i have a literal library space i'm jealous in this house um and i own like a thousand books so it is very necessary for me to have space for these books and i need a a reading chair and i have been on the hunt for a reading chair but everything i like is like 500 plus dollars it's so expensive yeah it's so expensive it's bullshit it's so annoying it's bullshit I love those like round chairs, but those things are like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm <sighs> it's frustrating. We so I when Mark and I met, I had leather recliners and they were kind of like the big not poofy backed chairs, but they were they were big. But they could 
they laid almost flat. So it was really comfortable. You could like lay down and, and I am a big curl up in a ball on the couch and fall asleep kind of person. Like I love doing that. I really fucked up my neck doing that actually. <laughs> so, which is hence actually part of the problem. So when Mark and I got married, we like impulsively bought couch and Mark loved it. It was this very pretty cream, which I'm sure as soon as those words came out of my mouth, everyone's like, oh, there's why. Um, cream sectional that I have come to fucking hate. I hate this couch so much. And the reason I had leather couches before we bought this couch was because I had animals and it's just easier to clean. It doesn't absorb the smell as much. Like it's just so much easier. And Mark was like in love with this fucking couch and we bought it and I hate it so much. I nearly lost my shit before Thanksgiving and bought a couch. Like I was, I was because it's disgusting. Like the dogs are, they, it's brown. We get it cleaned and it just doesn't stay that way. Like I, I've, I feel better. I have found some cute blankets that I found at Hobby Lobby and have, covered it to the point where like the dogs don't make it look brown but I hate it and I cannot wait to buy a new one but I told Mark I was like you will never ever convince me to buy a cloth couch ever again ever no I am a leather couch girl and that's the problem because Mark's wants some Mark wants something that he can recline in and if you do that with a leather couch they tend to be that god awful from the 90s looking couch and it's just mm. they're just so not aesthetically pleasing at all i love mm. the like mid-century modern look and would die for a couch like that i don't care if you think it's not as comfortable like i don't care that it doesn't recline i i like the way it looks but I can't. I have to compromise. So <laughs> rude, rude. So we are trying to find a couch that we both like, and there is one that, funnily enough, that you and John ended up buying. Which I was describing this couch, or no, you were describing the couch to me, and I was like, I know exactly what fucking couch you're talking about. They bought the same one, which I don't hate it. I don't love it either but mel and i have talked about this i think if you and i could have that exact same couch in camel color sold take my money yeah i will say like i don't dislike our couch i don't love our couch i just like that it can recline which would to me prevent me from like contorting my body into like awful ways that like I fuck my neck up further um I thought the same thing too but no I'm like you I like to curl up in a ball on the couch like I like to put my feet up under me and like really just you know become one with the couch and it's really hard to do it on this couch because like the butt portion of it is short and to be fair like John and I are very tall people mm-hmm. so like a normal sized human is probably fine <laughs> but for me it's like everything is just too short like the back rest is too short okay the butt seat part is too short when it reclines out the like leg portion is too short my 60 pound dog also absolutely loves to sit on the footrest in my lap and weirdly it's not really made to handle my 60 pound dog existing solely on the footrest yeah that's not good yeah so he really wanted a recliner this is like a compromised couch exactly it's a compromised couch which is the sad part it's and it's like not bad but it's like I've I don't know it's not my favorite couch like I liked the couch we had before 
it was super comfy, but it had detachable back pillows. Like it, it was just like they weren't like sewed or attached, like zippered yeah. on. And my dog, my 60 pound dog likes to lay across the top of the couch cushions. Like she's my 10 pound cat. Yeah. And she just demolished these cushions. Like you could never get them back into shape. Yeah. That's, um, ours aren't detachable, but we have the same problem. Mm-hmm. And, and our, Jasper, who's kind of like a mountain goat cat dog, also does that. Which I can't wait. I can't wait to get rid of that fucking couch. I hate it so much. I hate it. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. Can't wait. I don't know how long. Like, we'll probably own that couch for like another three to five years. And then I'll be like, it's time. I think we've had ours for. Three, three years. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I can't. I hate yeah. it. We've had ours for two, but like, there's a, like, it is a couch that you can sit on, and mm-hmm. it is reasonably comfortable. Like, I'm not gonna change it just to change it when like I have entire rooms that are not furnished. Yeah, I think I would change like. I would probably buy a new couch before I would do anything like major in our bedroom. I don't know. No, we don't need anything in our bedroom. Like eventually we're going to get like either a small love seat or like two little chairs and a little side table to put in the window alcove. I have to figure out a a headboard because mm-hmm. we got a new bed an adjustable bed because I'm 35 and my body hurts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got adjustable beds and my acid reflux is better. Yay. But um, it's great. No, I sleep kind of like in a zero gravity sleep. Like it, it helps a lot actually, but um, I don't have a, I don't have a bed frame anymore. Like it, it's just, the mattresses the on the on the metal bit, so it's then the wall, and I'm like, there's nothing mm-hmm. here. I don't know what to put here. I mean, if you want to spend too much money, Anthropology has some really cute headboards. Oh, but they're so expensive. I know, so expensive. <laughs> they're findable. It's a findable thing. I'm very fortunate. There is a West Elm in a Restoration Hardware outlet not that far from my house the fuck we have one of those west elm we have west elm pottery barn william sonoma restoration hardware i hate you yeah we're really fortunate in some cases on some things do you know what i would die for actually okay there's Mm. a few things i would die for in my house Hmm. Don't get me wrong. I love my house. I really do. Um, but I would love a fucking fireplace. Mm-hmm. Even a fake one. I have a fake one. I would take a fake one, but I would. The problem is, is like there, I'm picky because there is like zero in between for these fireplaces. And I'm trying to find an in between. It is either <laughs> ultra modern or farmhouse. That's it. Zero yeah. between. Ours, ours definitely leans modern. So I'm I would be okay with finding like putting one in the wall, but I gotta convince my husband because he's from the UK and he's like, oh yeah, well, if you don't need it, he's like, it's not cold enough. I don't I know. I know I don't need it. It's for the aesthetic. Exactly. That is an aesthetic thing it's that I will aesthetic. take. I really want. Yeah, um, yeah. I I could have put a fireplace in this house, but it was going to add like so much money. Yeah, it was so expensive, and it was kind of like fireplace or the larger covered back patio. Yeah, that's fair. We went with larger covered back patio so there's that and then also mm-hmm. like 
built-ins in the li- like mm-hmm. for a library either here in the office or in my bedroom which I think I could actually figure out how to do in the bedroom because we have like a whole ass wall that we could definitely yeah yeah do a billy bookcase hack from ikea yeah but like the closest ikea is five hours away yeah you know they ship to you right yeah it's expensive i looked into it (laughs) i did check this out i did plus i also want to we also have very tall ceilings so Mm -hmm. the bedrooms are nine foot ceilings and yeah i don't know how to make that work with the book they have an extension okay and then you then you can get a ladder yeah oh my god we love it yeah i'm not gonna have a library oh you do what (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to have a ladder in my library. I'm going to have like one of those like $10 folding stools from Amazon. Hey, I have that for my closet, actually. I have one for upstairs and one for downstairs. I need one for my closet because I have the ceilings and I can't reach all mm-hmm. the things. You know, would, Exactly. It would be great. That would be another thing to have built-ins in my closet instead of the wire racks. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Love it. I someday would do full built-ins in yes. my closet, but that day is not today, and tomorrow's not looking good either. No. I'll tell you what, I had a hell of a time trying to find a place to put my Christmas tree this year. We don't have a good spot for it. Yeah. We're very fortunate we have a great spot for the tree, because like we kind of stuck it in a corner, but like... We, in theory, could just stick it in that corner for forever more. Yeah. We have the corner. We have a corner. But I think if we got rid of the sectional, we could actually put it where we're, like, right in front of the window and kind mm-hmm. of rearrange the couch a little bit. One of the yeah. cats said, has come to say hello. Oh, it's so new office. The door is open inward. So if my dog puts any effort into against the door she is able to open the door and that's who came in to say hi Rose and then pose. immediately left mm-hmm. what you doing mom you hear like, you're talking cool mm-hmm. bye you're here bye i love her but she's a weirdo should we um maybe get into the book <laughs> instead of designing our houses together <laughs> sorry everybody <laughs> Anyways, we are going to jump into part two of A Court of Silver Flame, Blade. We're going to pick up at chapter 25, and it is the next day. And Nesta's a little bit on the nervous side, because Gwen is going to be training with them for the first time. And this is probably, if not the very first time, one of the, you know, very few times she has left the, the safety of the mountain mm-hmm. that the house of wind is built on top of and the library is built within since coming there a few years ago. So little, little nerve wracking. Um, but by the time that Gwen are done, she and Gwen are done working out, they're just sweaty and out of breath and kind of all of the, that nervous energy has gone away. Yeah. I think it went as like, well, that was the whole point of Nessa trying to get them to come out. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was great. And I think Gwen being the first one to go is delightful. So then Nesta asks Cassian to take her up to the Illyrian camp, Windhaven, um, so she can go do some shopping. And I think she might have an ulterior motive in this little shopping spree because she ain't got no money. So I don't know what she's buying. Yeah. So she ends up back at Emery's shop. <laughs> And then while they're in there talking, a drunk Illyrian male comes in spewing some bullshit. His name is Bellius, and he is Emery's cousin. And he's mad because she went ahead and took over the shop when her father died in the war. And he thinks it should have, like, gone to him or some shit. He's he's a stupid man. Yeah, it was... Weird, dumb, patriarchy, bullshit, fay over 
protective veil. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was annoying and stupid. And I was like, cool. How much am I going to have to deal with this schmuck? Yeah. I was like, could Cassian be here and just like smack him upside the head so we can just move on from him? But unfortunately, no. Cassian wasn't there. No, up smacking upside the heads were done, even though I could have like really taken that in at that moment. So then Emery says she has the clothing that Nesta requested and they eat lunch together, which is really sweet. Yeah. And Nesta loves the food that Emery cooks because she uses spices. <laughs> it's the it, it's funny. I didn't pick up on this joke when I was reading the books. I had like I think you explained it to me because like apparently humans are not known for uh, putting any sort of spice in their food yeah 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 I think it's hilarious I personally identify this because I feel like I might be one of the few white people who put seasoning on my food (laughs) I don't know I you gotta season your food you gotta season your food I season my food. I mean, there's there's just a lot of people out there who just don't, and it it goes. It, the joke is that it's white people, but literally, it's everyone who like just doesn't season their food. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. But yes. Anyways, um, but because of the war, the spices are actually a little bit of a rarity. So, you know, Emery's not using them. You know, she's trying to conserve. So Nesta says that um, that uh, if oh, Nesta sorry. Nesta invites Emery to come join her for training. But, but she says no. Yeah, she's like, no, no, good right now, thanks. I like her devious plan because I 100% think Nesta went up there with this exact plan in mind oh, yeah. of, I like Emery. I think she should come train with me too. Then we can all be best friends and it'll be great. Yeah. I do. Um, yeah. I definitely think that that was her intention the entire time for sure. Yeah. And like, I understand like Emery's initial decline. Like she doesn't have anybody else to work in the shop for her. She doesn't have um, a great relationship with the warrior culture of the Illyrians. Like all of these things, all of these things are definitely factors into why she initially declines Mm -hmm. this offer. Um, Meanwhile, Cassian has gone to meet up with Eris and ask him questions about the Dread Trove. And... uh, just every interaction with Cassian and Eris is just so fun. Cassian is not built to be a hobsnobber politician emissary type person. No, he's like he's the fucking not worst it. at that. Like, and we're about to just watch that play out so eloquently here in the next mm-hmm. few chapters about how yeah. badly Cassian plays the court game oh he's Lord. really bad at it God. he's so bad at so it bad. like i love you cassian but like that's not the role you should be no. playing i understand like reese needing him to play that role a little bit right now but like that is not a role he should be playing like ever no so then they get they get back and it's at dinner time and cassian is being like a little bit distant from from uh from Nesta and he ends up telling her about what went on between him and Eris and this like pisses Nesta off like she's not on board with Cassian feeling less than it it pokes the bear (laughs) inside of her a little bit and um, and she gets up and he kiss she kisses his neck and then um one thing leads to another and nesta goes under the table and you know we say adios to some pantalones <laughs> adios to pantalones 
Tell me I'm wrong. Oh my god. No, no. They um some some oral sex happens here. She gives them a nice little little blowjob. And the whole situation gets interrupted by our babysitter Azrael. Awkward. Poor Az. <laughs> like I, can you imagine being Azrael and having to live with these two? I just wouldn't even want to go there. I'm just I would just be like, oh my god, like like can you not do it in the communal spaces? Can you like keep it to bedrooms or private studies or like yeah. maybe not in the dining room? I'd be like, okay, thanks. You two are not as slick as you think you are and just like FYI, I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> Stop forgetting that I exist, please. Thank you. Oh, oh my poor, God. poor Azriel. And like a part of me feels like he both does and like he does want to like say something, but then part of him's like, no, no. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna let them think that they're slick as shit. And then when they come out and we're like, oh by the way, we like like each other, he'd be like, uh-huh, sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely didn't see that coming. Oh my god, I am in shock. What a surprise! This is brand brand new information. (laughs) Had no idea. (laughs) Just makes me think of that scene when, like, everyone knows that Ross is the father of Rachel's baby, and he she hasn't told him yet. (laughs) Speaking of friends, this is a very much sidebar conversation here. I saw somebody who said that Scandoval was explained to them as Ross and Ross cheating on Rachel with Phoebe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I was like, that's brilliant. And then like Chandler knowing the whole time. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. And Monica too. Or Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh man. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's such a brilliant explanation." Okay, yeah. sorry. Back Anyways. to so back to the uh, the pod. My bad. <laughs> so we go back. It's the next day, and Gwen is up there training with them. Um, and you know everything in the training session is going well. Gwen is like actually a little bit better at some of these basics than Nesta is. <laughs> She's got a little bit more core strength than Nesta does, but like she's been working in the library. Like she's have she's been a little bit more physical for a little longer. So like doesn't entirely surprise me. Yeah. Um, but then Cassian leaves saying he has to go inspect the Illyrian legions. And Nesta's like, hey, on your way, can you drop some tea leaves off to Emery? Like, here's some tea. She makes her like a little like you know, gift box of tea leaves and spices and yummy salts and things. Um, <laughs> and remind um, me where all, she got all this from with no money. She, she probably legit just asked the house of when to give it to her. And it was like, here you go. That's true. It's like, cause <laughs> like, it's a rarity. It's like, I, I did. I was like, where did these come from? It's a rarity probably in the Illyrian camps. I don't think it's a rarity in Valaris. Okay. I see. I see. So, because, like, remember, the camps are, like, kind of outside of the city up in the mountains. Like, yeah. they're not close by. So he does, and he Nesta says that all she wants in return from Emery is for her to come train with her and, and Gwen. She's just trying to get the trio together. Um, and then the next day, when Nesta goes up to train, Emery is there. I was so excited. Our trio is together. <laughs> yes. That, it, it was such a, like, Nesta needed it, but they but they all needed it, I they, think. They all needed it. Yeah. Like, 
Gwen needs it. Emery needs it. Like Emery needs to connect with other females and understand that like there is support in cult like in that can be provided because like I don't think there's a lot of like girl power stuff going on in the Illyrian no. camps. Gwen needs to understand how to feel safe and powerful in her own body and no longer feel like a victim. And Nesta has to learn to love herself and accept herself flaws and all. Mm-hmm. So this is just such a beautiful step. And like the character growth from where Nesta was at the beginning of this book to now, like this could be an entire book. Yeah. But we have like half... We're only like halfway through. We have so much more to go. Uh, yeah, we've got way more to go. Way more to go. Yeah, way more to go. <laughs> so uh, during training, the, Emery struggles a little bit because her wings were clipped and it wasn't done super great because it right. wasn't. And it means that her, some of her muscles in her back didn't develop properly and she struggles with like trying to counter counterbalance her wings in the way that she normally should be able to. And you can see like when Cassian and Azriel are working with her on like how to like make adjustments and things like that through the training practices, how pissed off they are that this happened to her. Yeah. He's like, this should have never been done this way. I can't believe like they're so infuriated by it. And it just makes me respect the two of them so much more because they're not saying anything to Emery. They're just we're getting this internal dialogue in Cassian's head. Mm -hmm. And I just really respect it. Oh, Cassian. I'm a Cassian girly. I can't help it. There's like very few things I think Cassian never does wrong. <laughs> so after training, Gwen and Emery are chitter chatting and they like, and Nesta, they're all chatting and uh, Nesta and Emery discover they like the same romance author <laughs> who writes smutty smut smut. Yeah. I like this whole like, love of books thing it's so I, I hate to use this phrase meta I guess but like it's the because to me it's like this is the author kind of like making a nod to like how her audience is bonding and making friends with people over her books and I love that I think it's funny um but I think it's also true because, like, I've mm-hmm. definitely bonded with people over books. A few people, actually. So a hundred percent. It's it is. It's definitely a. It's a way. It's a way to connect with people. Absolutely, and so <laughs> Emery and Nesta agree to give. Quinn, like a, a, a milder book yeah. by this author to, to introduce her to these fun little romance novels. Um, and then Reese comes to pick up Emery because obviously Emery can't fly because her wings were clipped, so she needs a little help. Um, and then he says some unnice things, and I get a little annoyed with Reese. Yeah, he was a here. dick. He's being a dick for no reason he tells him nesta to you know back off from gwen because gwen's been through a lot and nesta i think pretty understandably gets upset and cassian comes to her defense and he's like tells reese to stop assuming the worst about nesta yeah and i'm like to me that's the moment he won over nesta Probably. That is like a very big deal to Nesta because he doesn't see the worst in her. He does not. Cassian of all people does not ever assume the worst of Nesta. Mm-hmm. He knows that Nesta has really good intentions with working with Emery and working with Gwen. So can Reese like go build a crib or something? Cause like, I'm not here for his nonsense right now. Yeah. He was kind of an ass this book. I didn't particularly like him all that much. 
in this book, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think not seeing Reese through the rose-colored glasses of Feyre absolutely affects the perception of Reese because obviously Cassian has a, a tremendous amount of respect and love for Reese, but he's also willing to challenge Reese mm-hmm. because just because Reese is High Lord, like Cassian is incredibly powerful in his own right. Nesta doesn't give a fuck and doesn't like him. Yeah. So she has zero fucks to give in regards to challenging him. Like she's just going to do it to do it sometimes just to be antagonistic. Yeah, that's she's she's a prickly pear. She can be. She definitely can be. Um so then after that whole confrontation, Nesta does try the stairs again and she gets to step 3000 this time which is pretty good yep and so she goes back up and discovers that cassian and azriel aren't there because they are at dinner with the inner circle and we see from cassian's perspective that amarin talks about nesta needing to start to look for the trove um and if she doesn't try to scry within a week, they're going to have Elaine do it, which I I understand that there's like a sense of urgency in finding these objects, but they've also been lost for, I don't know, a millennia at this point. Like, is a week really going to make a huge difference? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily about the like, you have to do it. There is the urgency, but I think it's like, if Nesta's going to do it, then she needs to do it because I think that Mm -hmm. they just don't trust that she will. So they're giving her the deadline. Fair. Fair, I guess. I don't like it, but fair. (laughs) So then we have a few days later, Gwen and Nesta are chatting and, um, (laughs) Elaine lets Nesta know that Meryl did figure out that they had swapped the book. Yeah. Um, and Meryl and Nesta kind of have some words. Yeah, they, they... Nesta does her Nesta thing. They went toe-to-toe a little bit. Yeah. And it come, kind of comes out as a draw, in my opinion, between those two. And, like... Like... Yeah. Some insults are thrown both ways, but, like, Meryl ends up just leaving. I didn't think it changed anything, but I think it no. was just solidifying Nesta's friendship, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, with Gwen. Because she doesn't, like, throw Gwen under the bus. No. She doesn't try to get Gwen in trouble. She just kind of takes ownership and things like that. And so in part of this conversation, we learn a little bit more about Gwen and most specifically that she's a quarter nymph and she was a twin and she and her twin were conceived on Kalanmai. Ew. Because <laughs> everybody has to remember like everyone participates in Kalanmai after the High Lord of the Springport who is Tamlin picks his person. But I have an unhinged theory I want to throw out there. Okay. <laughs> that, uh, bef- I mean, obviously we don't exactly know how old Gwen is, but she's obviously going to be older than the Archeron sisters because, you know, she's lived in Prithian and is part elf, part, or not elf, she's part fey, part nymph. Mm-hmm. She probably has a pretty long life expense, expense, expense. Oh my God. Expect say the expectancy. word expectancy. That one, thank you. Anyways, <laughs> my unhinged theory, and I, I fully admit to this being unhinged, is that because she doesn't know who her father is because she was conceived on Kalanmai, that her dad is Tamlin. Ew. It makes sense, but ew. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. 
Makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Still gross. Theoretically, there's a <laughs> lot of that, like potential heirs out there. Thanks to Kel and my, there's a lot of shit that could happen. Yeah. I still hate it. I still think it's so gross. It's so gross. Anyways, the next day, when Nesta goes up to training, there's three more priestesses out there. Hell yeah. I love this so much. Um, And then later that day, Nesta tries to scry with just her and Cassian, but she doesn't feel anything, so she stops. So that night, she goes to bed, and she ends up having this nightmare and is engulfed in, you know, drop the mic, silver flames, to the point where Cassian has to call for Reese to get there. And Reese uses his magic to eventually like try to calm her down, but it's not working. And it's Cassian who goes in and talks to Nesta and she gets her to stop screaming and fall unconscious. And Reese goes into Nesta's mind and says her power is pure death. I didn't... Like, but what does that mean? I mean, I mean, what does Moore's power of truth mean? It's exactly. never explained. Yeah. Yeah. It's not explained. So it's the next day and Cass, or Nesta wakes up and the only person who's still with her at the moment is Cassian. Um, so, you know, we go back into the training montage and after training, Cassian goes and meets with Reese and Reese is on edge. A little, little anxious. He's a little in need of some Prozac. Um, and Reese finally like owns up to what's going on and he tells Cassian that the baby has wings. Now, initially, this doesn't sound like a big deal. And apparently, I just, I have to put this out there because I have to put it out there that the reason they theorize that the baby has wings is because Feyre had used her shape-shifting abilities and given her wings at the time of conception. Yeah. That was not. Was this the time that they were flying? No, the timeline doesn't work out for that. But like, did they fly over the city and fuck again? I don't know. I I could have gone without that scene. Like, <laughs> I really could have. I, Same. I didn't need it. Didn't need I didn't it. Need it. I'm good. But, uh, uh, but it's a little bit of a problem. It's a big with problem. the baby having wings. It's, it's a, a big, big problem, problem because, um. Illyrian women and Valyrian females are capable of birthing babies with wings. Uh, nobody else is. Not humans, not other high fae. So it is a problem. And there's a very significant pro- like probability of, if not, like, Feyre and the baby dying. Can I ask a potentially dumb question sure and maybe i just don't remember this why can't she just shape shift into an illyrian woman okay i have the same fucking question like and the only on page answer is that magda the like like medicine fay the doctor fay that they yeah. call in all the time tells her to not use her magic as much because they don't know what the effect will be on the baby. My thought is not dying. Maybe better than possible side effect. Yeah. (laughs) Being able to birth the baby. And my thing is, is like how are cesarean sections like this bad? You literally healed Cassian and Azriel's like shredded wings on multiple occasions yeah, at this point. They've all been and very close to Yeah, they've all been very close to death. 
before, this makes not a lot of sense, in my opinion. I was like, I did not understand. I was no. like, this seems like a very surmountable problem that y'all are choosing not to to do. <laughs> yeah, are we not remembering that Feyre's blood is literally healing? Yeah. Like she get like why like why can't like it's gross, but like why can't she just drink her own blood as she's giving birth? I mean, that's an option too. It's gross. But like I feel like there's a this is figure outable and they do like literally nothing to figure this out. Yeah. And to me, the bigger problem is they have not told Feyre. Yeah. That was definitely a choice. <sighs> yeah, I didn't love this either. Definitely, like, that the, pissed the me off. The explanation is that she, so she can enjoy her pregnancy. And I'm no. like, yeah, I don't know. Ignorance is not bliss in this situation. No. This is terrible. This is terrible. You don't get to make the choice for somebody on like how to deal with something that big in their pregnancy. That's not appropriate. No. Where is the where is the autonomy, Reese, that you professed to give her so thoroughly in Akamath? Because what I can see is you taking that autonomy out away from her at this point. She's not allowed to be given a choice about her own body at this point. Yeah. Exactly. And it annoys me. It's definitely. And I just don't enjoy this side plot of, like, this is the only part of the book that I'm like, I didn't need it. Yeah, we could have definitely done without the pregnancy trope, for sure. There's, there's um, good. probably something that's going to happen down the line that's going to make us, like, be like, oh, I'm I'm glad she had Nick's because I don't care. But... I'm yeah. good, thanks. <sighs> so, Cassian and Azriel agree to keep the secret. <sighs> I'm not happy about it. So... We flip back to Nesta, and she is eating dinner, and uh, Cassian enters with a split lip and a bloody face, and she asks why. And Cassian did the Cassian thing, like what he did in Akamath after Reese and Pharaoh were mated, and goads him into a fight to relieve this tension. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get what he was doing, but... I Maybe Cassian. <laughs> Maybe tell somebody that that's what yeah. you're doing. Like, just be like, hey, buddy, you want to, like, spar a little bit? I don't know. Like, you don't have to goad him into a fight. I feel like that's just their relationship. I think that's just how it goes. Yeah. So then... Cassian does end up telling Nesta what Reese said about the baby and like where the tension came from. And she agrees to not say anything. That surprised the fuck out of me. Uh, it didn't really surprise me because I think Nesta understood the logic to a certain extent because it's probably a similar choice that Nesta would have made. If Nesta was in Reese's shoes, she'd make the same decision. You think so? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Because where Pharaoh was the provider for the Archeron family, Nesta has always been the protector. She always protected Elaine, and I'm pretty sure in book one, when she was going to marry What's-His-Nuts, and Pharaoh told her not to. Because he literally doesn't matter. Um, that, that was an in an attempt to protect the family to to help provide for them in her her way. So I think think Nesta understood where Reese was coming from on this decision. We'll see how well that turns out. Um, so Nesta tries scrying the, again. Oh, I miss a step. Cassie and Nesta make out a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and it's hot every it, time. Every time it's on page, it's hot. You can't you can't forget that one. No. Oh, oh. 
Ah, I love it. So yeah, Nesta tries to scry again, but this time with Amarin and Reese and Az and Feyre all there. And her fingers go cold, and soon Nesta's eyelids shift, and then the air grows colder, and she squeezes onto Cassian's hand, and he's not sure what's going on, so he's begging Reese to do something. Um, but he says, like, Reese can't get into her mind. Because remember, every time Feyre has described Nesta's mind, it's like this iron fortress around it. Because every character has their own, like, mental shield imagery, which I think is so cool. Yeah, she is, like, an expert at the shield wall, for yeah, sure. like, without even trying. Yeah. But Feyre is able to go in and get her out of whatever she's seeing. And then Nessa's eyes open slowly. Um, but it's not her eyes. It's their silver flame in her eyes. I mean, what are they expecting? Honestly, they're asking her to tap into her power and then they don't want to see like any of the side effects of said power or like the full ramifications of said power. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I, they, it was, I, they, I feel like they just felt very naive. It was like, yeah. what did you expect was going to happen, buddy? Like you saw what happened before. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Woefully unprepared. Woefully, Woefully unpre- unprepared. unprepared. Um, yeah, and then in their final attempt, Cassian then again starts to talk to Nesta, and he kisses her in front of everyone. Because <laughs> um, he technically has kissed her in front of Feyre before. No, not no, he's not kissed her, because Feyre was like ghosting at end of Akawar when she watched that whole scene play out. She's like attached to the cauldron, and it like shows her shit. I don't know. I don't remember how to properly explain that whole moment. So, he's never kissed her in front of everybody before, but now he has. Oh. Um, and this brings Nesta back, and without realizing it, uh, Cassian's actually warmed the entire room. Why do you smile like that? Because I just love that they're so meant for each other <laughs> so she scries and she points to the bog of urid and it is a super unfun place in the middle shock and awe something is happening in the super and the super unfun part of the middle yeah and in, in the <laughs> um and they don't have a, a map of the actual bog because it is forbidden to, to to make a map of anything that actually exists in the middle beyond like vague landmarks. And I'm like, this is a stupid idea here, folks. Very, very stupid idea. So annoying. So then it is decided that Azriel, Cassian, and Nesta will all be going to the bog tomorrow to find the mask. Because they think that's where the mask is. And that is one of our dead trove items. And that is we're going to pause on this part of A Court of Silver Flames, folks. What, what are, how are you feeling? How are you feeling, Jill? I'm not going to lie. You're going to laugh when I tell you this and you're going to like, I actually feel literally physically sick at this exact moment. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going to go throw up like, oh, my goodness. Because gross stuff happens. I don't know why. It, it, this, we're pausing at a very interesting point because the stuff that happens in the bog is a lot. <sighs> it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. But I feel like we're, like, I feel like this book at this point was paced so well. Like, I was just, like, couldn't put it down. I was just like, what's happening? It was so good. I was just like, ah, I'm here for it. Here for it. I'm here for it. Here for it. 
All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you want to check out what's coming up next on the pod, be sure to go follow us over on Instagram at Mel and Jill Geek Out. Or if you have a suggestion of what we should geek out about next, you can shoot us an email over at jillandmelgeekout at gmail.com. Again, my name is Melissa. And I'm Jill. And this has been Mel and Jill Geek Out. Bye. Bye.